Welcome to the Friends with Opinions podcast, episode 18. Today I'm joined by good friend J.D. Canungo to discuss the playoffs, the NHL playoffs coming up, and we preview each series and pick players that we're keeping an eye on, and we give you our Stanley Cup predictions as well. So thanks for listening. Hey, J.D., how's it going? Thanks for joining the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to good to do this again yeah we're on the uh trade the the, sorry the playoff uh, eve here and uh unfortunately our teams aren't in it but we're both huge hockey fans and there's a lot of interesting matchups coming up here um so i'm excited for it to get going the first time of year um yeah are you excited about the playoffs despite the Habs just (laughs) falling short in the playoff race yeah i think after the Habs. Uh, I think Friday night, the night uh, Columbus beat New York, was a little bit of a bittersweet. Uh, well, not, you know, it was a bittersweet weekend. I think that Friday night was actually quite sad because I think this Canadian team, uh, you know, really battled their hearts out, as cliched and as lame as that sounds. Uh, it was a really likable team and they sort of fought till the end. And even on Saturday night, even being out, they put on a show. And, uh, yeah, it's been heartbreaking to see. But I've had a couple of days to dwell on it, and um, I think there's a lot of positive vibes coming out of the season. And uh, I think the reality is nobody really expected the Canadians to win the Cup anyways. Um, so, and, you know, I think the other realization is that the teams that are in the playoffs are actually really good teams. Like they're a little bit more complete, a little bit more balanced. They don't have as many holes. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, you know, it's been passion of mine ever since I was five years old to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, really looking forward to it. Is there is there a series that you're sort of looking forward to more than others? Yeah, the playoffs are exciting. Uh, you know, with the Oilers kind of winding down their season and you know, kind of being on the outside looking in for most of the season, and it, the hope wasn't really running with that bright that they turn <laughs> around and make it happen. But they were they were kind of in it until uh, mathematically until you know the last five games or so. It's kind of crazy, and you know it's, we wish we could celebrate Leon Drysaitel getting 50 goals over 100 points, and then Connor McDavid second in the race, and I think 116 points, but still not enough to make the playoffs. It's just a sad state of affairs in that case. But you know. The Oilers, uh, hopefully some of their young guys can kind of exceed expectations and come help us uh, sooner rather than later, and the management can figure out what's going on. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's really dampened some of my enthusiasm for hockey. and So, of course, I've been following, but uh, I've been kind of waiting for the playoffs so I can kind of get hyped and into it um, going forward. Yeah, the, the series that I kind of... I'm looking at, like, I guess in the West, the Sharks and Knights seem to be pretty high skill, each team. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. And then the Islanders and Penguins is going to be interesting. It kind of reminds me of, (coughs) excuse me, just got a bit of a cold here, but um, the Islanders and Penguins kind of reminds me of 93, you know, uh, when the Habs won the cup. uh, Yeah, David Volek. yeah, so Game just kind seven. of that matchup, and then the Islanders being back at uh, Nassau. That's going to be going to be quite an atmosphere. So I just want to see that on TV. I think I agree. That's um, going to be that's going to be the first playoff game. I think uh, uh, tomorrow, <coughs> uh, the first day, first day yeah. of the playoffs, and yeah. uh, I think that's going to be a, a great tone setter. And, th- and there's been a you know even though the '93 thing sort of hangs over these two teams. Uh, just even over the last few years, there's been a lot of memorable games. Like, do you remember that game, maybe 2011-12 or thereabouts, 2010-11 maybe, where there was a big brawl between the two teams? And then Mario Lemieux got so pissed that he penned a letter to Gary Bettman to say that the Islanders are gooning it up, that uh, this isn't acceptable. And so I think a lot, like, there's a lot of, like, animosity between the two fans, uh, two sets of fans. And I think certainly being back at Nassau sort of brings that, kind of blue-collar New York Islander fan back. And I think that building during the playoffs is always one of the most 
electric buildings in the NHL. Um, mm. They haven't been in the playoffs all that often, and certainly the last few years have been in the playoffs. Uh, I think 2016, uh, they were at the Barclays Center, which is a completely different experience. But um, I remember, like, 2002, they played the Leafs in the first round, and the Nassau Coliseum was just unbelievable. Like, so much noise. This year, when the Islanders have played at Nassau, it's been just absolutely electric. And so that's going to be... At least the games in Nassau are going to be quite interesting. Um, but I have a feeling the Penguins are going to win that series. We'll probably... I don't know whether you want to talk about each of the series. Uh, yeah, let's just start right now. Let's talk about this series right now, the matchups. What's your take on it? Um, you know, I... I I think the Penguins are, <coughs> yeah, I think the Penguins are actually, um, they're going to be, I think they're a little bit underrated. They're, they're, um, nobody's really talking about them this year. And, uh, you know, being a Montreal Canadiens fan, sort of watching the playoff race, Pittsburgh, we were actually out of Pittsburgh at points in February. And really since the trade deadline, Pittsburgh has gone on an absolute terror. Uh, Sidney Crosby ended up with 100 points. I think when Matt Murray, he sort of came back, uh, um, he's missed a little bit of time with injury. And then since he came back, he's been absolutely lights out. So um, Penguins have also had a little bit of injury, I think, with Malkin and with Latang as well. But I think they're all healthy now. So um, I don't know. I just... You know, I, I used to sort of doubt Sidney Crosby before he reeled off back-to-back Stanley Cups. And I think just the way Crosby's playing, the way Malkin's playing, the fact that Latang's actually had a good year, um, and Murray's been sort of on fire, I think the Penguins are going to win this series. And it wouldn't surprise me if they went actually quite far in this, this playoffs. Yeah, and uh, so you might be surprised to, to know that Jake Cancel has a 40-goal score this year as well. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely. you put him uh, next to Crosby, and you can argue, you know, how much credit Crosby deserves for that. But uh, he's he's working; he's effective in that role. And then second line with Hornquist and McCann, you know, I can see that being productive. And then they've added this year Nick Bukestad, which I've been a player I've always liked, but kind of underperformed. Yeah, um, he's he's on the third line, and they've got Phil Kessel. So I yeah. think the Penguins are always best when they have like their three stud forwards on three separate lines, and they got that going. And, For uh, sure, the th- forwards match up yeah. well with the Islanders. Um, yeah, the, their defense is a bit weak. I mean, um, they've got two guys that are much maligned in the analytics community, like Jack Johnson and Erica Branson. Yeah. Um, and you kind of wonder whether they'll hold up in a playoff series, but you know, I think the Islanders they sort of um you know i think they sort of built up a lot of wins barry trotz has uh done uh amazing work with the defense robin robert Le- Rob, robin leonard yeah he's been sort of right writing a 930 save percentage um but they've sort of slowed down a little bit over the last month uh last six weeks of the season so um yeah, sure. I just don't think that they have the horses. Like, I'm looking at their their first line is good. you got Barzal and Anders Lee, probably their two best players. And then, I mean, Everly for the Oilers, uh, you know, the one year they made the playoffs, he didn't get any goals. He was just kind of not making it happen. Brock Nelson's all well and good. But then on the second you got line, you got a Josh Bailey and a Tom Kunackle. Yeah, ex-Penguin. Yeah, the third line's not too bad. Valtteri, Pippola, Komarov, and Beauvillier. So that's probably an above-average third line. But I just think their second line is kind of weak. Like, they have two third lines. And then their defense isn't that great either. They got Letty, Boychuk. Ryan Pulik has has got an amazing shot, but he's young. And then Adam Pellich, Mayfield, and Taves, like, also young. So yeah, but it's for, it's I agree remarkable that the how Bank, that, Pittsburgh's the favorite in this one. Yeah, I think that defense has really played well. Robin Leonard has been sort of the key for that. You sort of wonder, I mean, playoffs are a little bit of a different beast altogether. Um, so you wonder whether that's enough to, to win a series. Um, I think that fourth, that Islanders' fourth line, it's sort of like a clown show in the modern NHL with uh, Clutterbuck, Martin, Suzekis. Uh, especially sort of in the in at, at Nassau, I sort of wonder whether they're going to, um, I don't know, whether they're going to just start hitting everyone and sort of get the Nassau Coliseum. But that's sort of like an old way to play hockey. I'm not sure whether that's uh, that's really sustainable in 
the modern game. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, it'll be interesting how they uh, match up. I think a big question mark for the Penguins in terms of going back to the the Cup final and trying to win the Cup is how Matt Murray performs. Yeah, you know he's had injury concerns, and of course he has. You know he was a rookie for and won the Stanley Cup twice as a rookie. Uh, how the kind of semantics worked out about it, um, but he did kind of falter during those runs where Fleury at least played, you know, a decent chunk of each of those runs. I'd say at least thirty to forty percent worth. So, can Matt Murray carry the Pittsburgh Penguins all the way on his back uh, to the Cup? I I don't know. I, I I mean, he's more proven than some others, but just from a workload and he just seems to kind of get tired or have injuries. Yeah. Um, that's their biggest question mark. And then the Islanders, I think Jordan Everly has got to be their biggest question mark because he's kind of billed as his 30 goal scorer and he's a top line right winger, um, but they don't have much depth. So if he's not going to produce and bury Barzell's uh, setups, uh, I think it's going to be tough for the Islanders. Yeah, I think he really had a down year this year as well. Like he only put up uh, 37 points this year. Um, yeah, and like 18 goals, 19 goals. Yeah, so. so it's a bit of an underwhelming year for uh, Eberle. Um, yeah, you know, it's it, been a few it, years now. It, it's actually pretty amazing like how this team is, uh, you know, was second in the division, was actually leading the division for a bit um, because it doesn't seem like they've got the pieces. But, you know, I think you can't underestimate uh, Barry Trotz. Like, Barry Trotz uh, took over the 31st ranked defense, like the worst defense in the NHL the, the, from last year. It's crazy. And he, yeah, turned them, he completely turned them around. They're like, they got the fewest goals against this year in the yeah, NHL. So, yeah, and how much of that's because of Robin Leonard and Thomas Greich, that's that remains to be seen. But I think the Penguins, uh, with Sidney Crosby in the playoffs, he sort of just does go beast mode. He's. Uh, He's a really determined player, and uh, I think the way the Penguins have played over the last six weeks, uh, I, I would put money on them. Yeah, sounds good. So I agree. Um, I would pick the, the Penguins. Um, yeah, so the next series in the East is uh, the Washington Capitals versus the Carolina Hurricanes. I think this could be proved to be an entertaining series in Washington. This just seems to play in tight series, you know, over the years, and they kind of, you know, never got it done. And as we all know, they finally broke through last year, and Ovechkin got his title. But even last year, they were in tight series. But they've got that experience. So I think, you know, the Capitals, in my mind, they are favored. And, you know, I do like Ovi. I like Kuznetsov. So I'm kind of would root for them over the Hurricanes because I've been a little bit annoyed with some of their antics <laughs> after games. And uh, some of the things they've been doing. and I mean, their team is so-so. I mean, I feel like they're overperforming, uh, maybe analytics darling. But um, they're the hipster yeah, darlings. Yeah. yeah, I think that's going to be a... So I think a lot of people are saying that there's, this is going to be a series that's going to be an upset. You know, I think uh, the way Carolina's played since January 1st, I think they've been second or third best team in the league since that time. Uh, yeah. And Peter Mrazic's actually played really well. Uh, down the stretch. Um, but, uh, I mean, that, that would be the one question mark I'd have for the Canes. Like, they're a pretty, they're a pretty good team, actually, I think. They've got Aho and Niederreiter playing that first line. Then you've got Stahl and Furland and Teravainen uh, behind them. And then uh, Sveshnikov is uh, a bit of a, a wild card there as well, um, given how young he is. And they've got a defense that's quite mobile, but you know, I think when you compare the Caps and the Hurricanes, you sort of look at the the goaltending battle and you sort of see how Holtby versus Mrazek. It shouldn't be, you know, there's a lot of question marks, I think, with, with Mrazek in this, going into the series. But uh, I think that might be one of the differentiating factor. I think this season, Capitals have played the Canes four times and they've won all four times. But no doubt that the Canes over the last, you know, uh, since January 1st, have been one of the better teams. It's probably going to be a tight series. I know a lot of the hipster fans have been saying that uh, it's Carolina. Carolina's going to make a run to the conference finals, but I think Washington's probably going to prevail here. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the Capitals have not fallen off at all after winning the Cup, and everybody thought, oh, Vetchkin's partying all summer. He's going to come back fat, but 
came back as good as ever and won another. It's eight. The great eight has won eight uh, goal-scoring titles. I think the most in NHL history and another Rocky Richard. Um, so, yeah, Ovechkin is kind of still at peak power right now. Um, he's kind of as good as he's ever been. So I think having him, he's an X factor for sure. And then they just have the flat-out experience, and they got the depth up and down the lineup. Like their third line is Verana, Eller, and Connolly. And Connolly's been hot. Eller's been hot. And we know what Eller did in the playoffs last yeah, year. Yeah, he's a great yeah. playoff player. Even with Montreal, he was sort of, uh, you know, even though he's sort of third-line player in the depth charts, he sort of outperformed that every time the, he was with the Canadians during the playoffs. Um, yeah, and they're, they're loaded. And recently the Capitals, like, kind of smacked around Tampa Bay as well. And I don't know. Uh, part of me thinks that we could see a back-to-back Ovechkin titles here because their, their defense, you know, they have Nick Jensen in the second pair. It's not, maybe not that strong. Christian Juice, I don't know if he's um, how he's performing. But I, I, I really like Orlov. I think he's one of the more underrated players and defenseman in the NHL, and Niskanen is a good defenseman. Yeah. And then, of course, John Carlson. So, for sure. And I won't be in net. So, I think the Capitals are just a superior team to the Hurricanes. Um, yeah, last year. I don't really like the Hurricanes. So. Yeah, no, I don't like the Hurricanes much either. I think they're kind of annoying. And all the hipsters and Twitterati is uh, all over them this year in terms of <laughs> – being a favorite. Um, I guess the one thing about the Caps, they did lose Michael Kempney. Uh, he was a key contributor last year in the back end. So I uh, don't know what the injury is, but he's down for he's out for six months. I think he tore his ACL or something. So it's a bit yeah. of a blow. Um, but again, he's sort of like a depth defenseman. I'm not sure how much that's going to hurt. And, you know, I talked a little bit about Mrazic, about the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, it's worth mentioning uh, that they also have Curtis McElhaney. Uh, who's been lights out surprisingly this year. Um, so, you know, I, I guess they do have a bit of a tandem that has been hot at times. And I don't know, the thing with playoffs is that you sometimes get these crazy stories for two weeks where a goaltender uh, rides high and does something unexpected. But I, I think uh, I, I think you're right. The capital experience, your game-breaking ability, um, the fact that they sort of don't have to play with that burden of lifting all the playoff ghosts of past years. They can sort of just play their game. Um, yeah, I, I would sort I of... they have the swagger, yeah. So yeah. I picked the Capitals this series. Which one you got? Yeah, I'll take the Capitals in the series as well. Okay, uh, so going to the other uh, division in the, in the East Atlantic. So the top team, top dog all year long, one of the greatest regular seasons ever, the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Columbus Blue Jackets that kind of, you know, sold the farm to go for it all this year. So I think both these teams have a lot of uh, expectations and, and whatnot riding on this series, and somebody's going to go home disappointed. That kind of sticks out to me as a storyline. And can you could you imagine after that season, Tampa Bay getting booted? But at the same time, could you imagine Columbus, you know, uh, getting booted in the first round after – not cashing in on the UFAs, but rather like adding. They got four major UFE, UFAs. Like some. Yeah, you know, I think somebody this, gonna get fired over this. Like, you know, I think what this series sort of reminds me is that every team that's made the playoffs um, is actually a good team, right? Like, is there any is there any series that you think would be outright upset if the lower seed won? Like, even if Columbus won this series... Well, this one, I think, would be outright, just because of how good Tampa Bay is. I guess so. It's it's absurd how good they are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. I I think... But it wouldn't surprise me if Columbus won this series. I mean, they're a very balanced team. They've got some studs on defense with uh, Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski. And uh, I think it comes down to goaltending as well, right? So, Sergei Bobrovsky, over the last... uh, you know, he sort of had a poor season to start with. There's a lot of, like, uh, Corpusello sort of took his crease for a bit. But since, uh, certainly, the I think since January, he's been one of the best goalies in the league. And uh, this year, despite having a bad year, Bobrovsky actually put up nine shoutouts. Uh, the knock on him, of course, uh, that, that has sort of plagued his career is that uh, he's not able to duplicate his regular season performance in the playoffs. 
Um, but now, you know, it's a contract year. There's a lot of talk that this, this, these are going to be his last few games with Columbus. Um, I'd be kind of curious to see how he does in this playoff series. I think Tampa's going to win. I mean, they have so much depth. They, uh, like, all four lines that they roll. Like, even the Tampa Bay fourth line is, like, stacked in terms of what they can provide. Um, and their defense is quite deep as well. I think Tampa's going to win, but I'm going to take Tampa actually in seven games. I think Columbus is going to wow. Columbus is going to take them, uh, take them to the to the wall. Yeah, I think uh, both teams actually. I'm looking at uh, Columbus, and they have some pretty good depth too. You know, they got Panarin, Dubois, Atkinson. Top line is like pretty really solid. Atkinson had a great year. Um, did he score 40 goals? He was up there. Um, and then Dezingle, Deshane, Anderson. Uh, second line, and then you got Foligno, uh, and Bjorkstrand has been hot uh, yeah. going into the playoffs as well. And then their fourth line actually is interesting: Boone Jenner, Brandon Dubinsky, Riley Nash. I mean, just name values is, is not too bad. And then you know the defensive pair you mentioned: they have a Scott Harrington, Nuno Navarra, Savard. Yeah. Lincoln. So they're pretty deep, but then it's just, I mean. Tampa Bay, you have to look at Nikita Kucherov. Like the guy is just yeah. lit it up this year, playing with Braden Point. He's had a great year. Yanni Gord, um, and then you got Stamkos with Johnson, Palat. Like Johnson even had twenty nine goals. Like yeah, um, and Sorelli is just a stud. Like I, I, I'm just this guy is one of my favorite players right now, and I think he's. I don't I wouldn't say underrated because he's still really young. He's a rookie and whatnot, but. Um, I think he's kind of under the radar, unknown, and he could really make a name for himself over this playoffs. Um, but yeah, they have a J- Matthew Joseph. Yeah, is a quick, speedy winger on the fourth line. Cedric pa- Paquette, Adam Earn, uh, J.T. Miller, and then yeah, on the back end, McDonough has got another year where he sort of settled into the team. Uh, Sergachev, Hedman. So, so they got like a good defenseman. Yeah, on it's each. interesting. Vasilevsky is awesome too. So it's going to be a great series, actually. Yeah, you know that that uh, Tampa fourth line I actually kind of find interesting is uh, there's a lot of talk about that line actually in Quebec because uh, Adam Ernie was a stud playing for the Quebec Ramparts, and yeah. uh, Matthew Joseph is a guy from Montreal as well, and then Cedric Paquette's uh, a Quebec guy as well. So it's sort of these. Uh, Tampa Bay has kind of got this Quebec. Uh, they've sort of always had this Quebec core to it. So um, I think that fourth line is actually quite good for an NHL fourth line. And they're young, they're fast, uh, they skate, they've got skill. Uh, so I think that's that's going to be um, really tough to contend with. Uh, just going back to Columbus, you're mentioning Cam Atkinson. So yeah, actually Atkinson did score 40 goals this year. He scored 41. And uh, they have a game breaker as well in Panarin. We sort of saw Panarin. Yeah, the uh, bread man. Yeah, especially in that last week. You know, Columbus had that stinker against um, had that stinker against Boston uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it sort of looked like their playoff chances took a dip. And then it was sort of Panarin that sort of helped drag drag them back up against the Canadians. And then last week against the Rangers as well, um, in that game where they clinched the playoff spot, it was Panarin that sort of stood out in that third period and took them by the scruff of their neck and put them into the playoffs. So um, I think it's going to be a tight series. Uh, there's quality on both teams. And like I said, I think it sort of emphasizes that, uh, to me anyways, that every team in the playoffs is actually quite good. And it's going to be, uh, it's, you know, it's, this is like big boy hockey. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, so the last series in the East, uh, you know, familiar rivalry, the Bruins and Leafs. Kind of your two most hated <laughs> franchises, but I think uh, you know being in Canada and watching TSN and Sportsnet and these different outlets, it just seems like there's so much uh, with athletic. There's so much Toronto bias, so I think we're both just uh, disgusted with the coverage and would like nothing more than to see them get ousted in the first round after being treated like they're one of the greatest teams of all time. But they've, they've underwhelmed, in my opinion, this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, and the Bruins seem to have their number. Like, Bergeron is better than, you know, Tavares kind of in a game-breaking type quality than uh, 
Tavares or Matthews, in my opinion. Although we haven't seen Tavares in this series, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, if he can uh, match up. I, I think uh, you know. I think a lot of pundits have been saying that the Bruins are going to win this series, and there's a lot of negativity around the Leafs in terms of how they've been playing down the stretch. And yeah. certainly the. You know, what's amazing to me is that the Montreal Canadiens are only four points back of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and, you know, if you look at where those four points uh, were lost, I think there's a couple of games where the Canadians actually led the Leafs going into third periods or going late into games. So I think that sort of irks me a little bit that, uh, you know, we sort of dropped points. But anyways, that's another topic. But, you know, I, I think the series probably is a little bit closer than what a lot of pundits have been saying. And I think it sort of goes back to the fact that, um, Last year, the Bruins beat the Leafs in Game 7. The Leafs did have have a lead going into the final period of that game. And if you just remember, Nazem Kadri had a three-game suspension for a hit from behind. Um, So this year, I think the Leafs, one of their strengths is their depth down the middle. And it sort of becomes really hard to, you know, playoffs become a matchup battle. And so you sort of wonder how... uh, yeah, Bruce, Bruce Cassidy is going to try and match up against Tavares, Matthews, and, and Kadri, right? Like, that's three pretty yeah. – that's three good centers, and um, it sort of poses a bit of a matchup. You can't just sort of load up Bergeron against one line. There's three lines to deal with, right? Yeah, that's true. And honestly, like, yeah, looking at it on paper, the Leafs, they should beat the Bruins. Like, on paper, they should win. And, yeah. Uh, and actually, just kind of – Back to the last series. So I'll assume you would pick Tampa in that series, right? Oh, yeah. So I, I said uh, I'd take Tampa in seven games in that series. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll take Tampa as well. Yeah, so this one, uh, you know, if I had to choose, I'd probably take the Leafs just because on paper they have more there. And I think Tavares could help balance out kind of uh, the edge that Boston's had on them because Boston is very much like a one-line team. And I don't know if they're at that stage where they can kind of get that edge and Daniel Charda is 42 years old. Yeah. He's sort of over the hill. And uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, they. I guess they added Charlie Coyle. So they have two Charlies now, evidently. Yeah. So if if, if he kind of steps up, then that, that would be huge. But they're really going to need him to step up big time. And I, I don't know, Jake DeBrusque, um, Danton Heinen, like I like them. They're fine players. But I think the Leafs have kind of more of the high end. But... Then again, if uh, the Leafs can't contain Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand because they don't have the defensemen, then you know the floodgates could open as well. So it's, I think it's a psychological edge on the Bruins side, and then just an on paper edge for the Leafs. For sure. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think the value of, uh, you know, it's, I know it's sort of count. It's not something that's popular amongst modern hockey fans that sort of rely on stats and numbers and um, sort of science, right? But I think in a playoff series, like those type of mind games actually do play a bit of a role, right? Um, and yeah. I think with the Bruins sort of having having had their run of success against the Leafs, you know, the, the minute the Leafs fall behind in the series, I think all the negativity sort of swirls around. Uh, so that might have an effect. Um, I mean, I think the the one thing that always amazes me about the Bruins over the last few years is just sort of how um, skilled and speedy they are. And you sort of see it with guys like Jake DeBrusque or Denton Heinen. Um, they're like, you know, not the not the biggest guys, but they uh, sort of just buzz around and, and uh, cause teams fits. And, you know, I think the Bruins sort of went in a, a bit of a winning streak from January onwards. And it's because those guys uh, on top of that top line contributing, uh, those guys really sort of stepped up. Um, I agree. Like, I, I think, like, the, the Leafs have really sort of underperformed based on what their roster is this year. And I'd be kind of curious to see how Austin Matthews performs in the playoffs this year. He was sort of a non-factor for remember last year. Um, yeah, did he put up any points last year in the playoffs in the seven games? Um, I think he put up two points know. last year. He scored up one goal in seven games, put up two points last year, and, and much of the criticism. You know, he's, he's a little bit immune from the criticism because, um, you know, he's just a young kid. But I think this is going to be a year for Austin to to sort of step up in the playoffs and sort of... Yeah, I, I don't remember how many he got, but I recall you saying, like, mechanics, like, 
had more goals or something than him. I yeah, actually, yeah, Thomas Placanis last year in the playoffs was actually a key player. So if you remember Nazem Kadri last year, um, Nazem Kadri last year got suspended for three of the games. Uh, so Placanis actually scored a game winner. Uh, he scored two, he scored an empty net goal, I think, as well last year. So he had four points in the seven games. Uh, but he was sort of thrust into a second line uh, type of role. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Austin Matthews is uh, overrated. And, uh, you've heard my, this opinion from me before. And, uh, you know, minus nine this year on a team that was plus 36 on their goal differential. And um, I don't know. I think he's a little, he's unproven. I'm not saying he's, you know, not going to get there one, one day. But uh, I just think at this stage he's unproven and he's been given a lot more, you know, credit than he sort of earned. And like Bergeron can eat his lunch. But I think that's why Tavares kind of coming in here and if he can make a difference. But Tavares doesn't really have that much, you know, in the way of playoff success where we can kind of say, oh, this yeah. guy's going to light it up, you know. Like he's not I... a Joe Sackick where, you know, he's going to – Snipe fifteen goals in the playoffs. Well, I, he has that ability though. Like I think he has Tavares, ability. Exactly. Tavares it's is unproven. Well, yeah. I mean, Tavares has played on some bad teams. Uh, the one year the Islanders did qualify uh, recently, I remember. Remember they played the Panthers in the first round, and I think it was Tavares that scored the game winner uh, of that series. Um, so I think he's he's done well in the playoffs previously. He's actually a point a game in the playoffs, essentially twenty four games played, twenty two points. Um, I could see his game translating quite well to the playoffs. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people are sort of selling low on the Leafs. Bec- or, yeah, because um, one of the issues that people have had is just Mike, Mike Babcock's uh, deployment. So he's been relying a lot on uh, sort of more experienced, sort of less productive players. So he does have a lot of trust in guys like Ron Anzi and Nikita Zaitsev. Um, so both like Hainsey is on the first pair, uh, Zaitsev, um, gets a lot of ice time as well. Um, and I think a lot of fans feel like both of those guys should be sort of on a bottom pairing. Um, and then I guess the other thing that, uh, Babcock gets a lot of criticism for as well is just sort of his reliance. Like he gives Patrick Marlowe actually a little bit more ice time than probably what he wants. Um, and yeah, there's been a lot of questions about his deployment and I think if you were to listen to a lot of Leaf fans, they say Cassidy over the course of seven games last year, Coach Babcock. And so I think that's a legitimate concern. You know, Babcock hasn't gotten out of the first round in many years. And uh, you sort of wonder if he doesn't get out this time, whether, um, you know, the team sort of with the Dubis-Babcock relationship being maybe a little bit frayed, whether the team would go a different direction. Yeah, so uh, JD, who are you picking this in this one? I'm yeah, gonna go we... with uh, the Leafs uh, in this one. You're gonna go with the Leafs? Uh... Yeah, even though I was hating on them earlier, but it's just oh, Morgan man. Riley. You know, 72 points this year. Uh, you know, he's my boy. I've uh, believed in him since he was drafted. So yeah, I think uh, the Leafs. You know, with Tavares there, I think they're gonna get the edge. Although I, I don't necessarily want. Them. Yeah, I th- I'm going to choose uh, the Bruins, actually. I think the Bruins uh, are a fairly deep team. Uh, they don't overwhelm you with sort of the names, but I think in terms of the quality that they have, they play with a lot of pace. Um, and they've got good goaltending as well. So Tuka Rask and Halak, that's a good duo. So if one falters, the other could take over. Uh, so I'll take the Bruins. I'll take them in six games, and uh, hopefully that's the end of the Mike Babcock era. Okay, buddy. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of work to do to get to the Western Conference here. Uh, let's start in the Central Division. Um, so we got the Nashville Predators versus the Dallas Stars. Um, you know, this one, it seems like it's going to be a bit of a war fest for me. Do you uh, think so? Probably not. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, the, the Predators aren't necessarily that dynamic offensively, and the Stars are somewhat limited to one line. But um, we'll see. I mean, uh, I'll keep an eye on it, but I think this might be one that I'm not going to be, uh, you know, picking over some of the other matchups that are going on. Yeah, I think both teams sort of play in arenas that are sort of hard to watch games in. I find, like, like Nashville's got a good atmosphere, but I sort of find the rink a bit dark. and uh, The, the TV watchability. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
Well, I mean, Nashville has been sort of a... I know the run in 2017, they, I th- felt they were kind of exciting. They, they've got deep defensemen that are mobile. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not as down on Nashville, I think, as you are. But I think this year they've actually not been very good. Like, like Ryan Johansson's compared to what he, you would have expected out of him, actually had a bit of a down year. That's what I was about and, to say. Ryan uh, Johansson is very lackluster. He's been billed as a first-line center. And he's simply not. He's a second line center at best. And, yeah. Uh, and I guess Kyle Turris. And Kyle Turris is very lackluster as well. That is a terrible contract. And uh, Ottawa was actually looking, is looking very savvy for moving him. Um, like, you know, compare what they got, etc. Yeah. Like, I really like Arvidsson. He's yeah. a goal scorer, but he only has like 15 assists. It seems like, you know, he's not really setting other people up. Forsberg, Mr. Cy Young. Yeah, and Forsberg has been good. Granlin hasn't really like taken off, um, and yeah, like, their defense is great. But yeah, I don't know if they have yeah. that edge, that offensive edge, like those game enough game breakers. Like it's the playoffs, it's going to come to those tense times, and where both teams can't really get much going, you need guys that can make something out of nothing, game breakers. And I just feel like they don't have enough of it. Maybe Forsberg could do it one game. And Arvidsson maybe one game, but then who else? Yeah, I agree. And even like their defense has sort of struggled this year. Um, you know, I've I've been following the uh, power plays for like power play ranks all year, and the Montreal Canadiens yeah. actually had the worst power play all year up until like the very last game or last two games. And remember, like in our last pod, we talked a little bit about Jordan Wheel playing on the power play for the Canadiens. Yeah. So he actually did turn the power play around over the last week or so, and. The Canadians ended up with the 30th ranked power play, and the Predators ended up with the worst power play in the NHL. So wow, uh, yeah. with all so, that defensemen on the back end, yeah. Too. So that, that that is kind of interesting. Um, but then again, I guess power plays sort of fade in the playoffs. We sort of saw that in the last week of the regular season as well, where um, there weren't very, very many penalties called. So it may not be as much of a factor sort of in the playoff series, but. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I've been sort of just reading a lot on Twitter as well, just about how how people have felt about Nashville. And there's been a lot of, despite Nashville winning the division, there's been a lot of uh, yeah, sort of pessimism about how they're going to do this year in the playoffs. Uh, as with the Winnipeg Jets, the performance have really tailed off course, the last couple and, months. And Rene has discombobulated in the playoffs in the past. Yeah. And... Um, Juicy Soros hasn't really uh, had a, you know made waves this season, so I think it's been a disappointing season all around for Nashville. And um, you know, but at the same time, I could see them handling this first series because Dallas is a bit of a flawed team. Um, you know, there are some of the guys. I mean, we all we know the big three up front: the Sagan, Radulov, Ben. But one guy that I like on Dallas that. Uh, was playing on a line with Kasperi Kapanen and Miko Rantanen when Finland was playing and one with uh, Puli RV line in Aho was Rupe Hits. Yep. I've always had my eye on him and uh, I just kind of saw him to be a player. He was fast, got some size, got some skill. So he's on the second line. Zaccarello is back after getting yeah. injured. Yeah, I think that, that's, that's going to be... Uh... That's going to be a bit of a key, right? So I think he's uh, he sort of has like that game-breaking type ability um, in his game, um, and you know he's coming off injury, so you sort of wonder what his conditioning is like. But um, I think that's actually a great acquisition for Dallas. May play a role. I think Radulov as well. Like you know, I think in terms of game-breaking ability, in terms of guy that sort of can step up in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I remember two years ago with Montreal. Uh, he's probably one of the better players for the Canadians. Uh, this year, he also had a good year. He was above a point a game. And, uh, yeah, I I really like his game. I, I kind of hope that um, he's able to um, show that grit and sort of that determination. Sort of interesting seeing Jamie Benn. His game's sort of fallen off a little bit. So this year, uh, only mustered 53 points uh, despite playing a full season. Uh, he sort of had some breakdown physically as well. And so, you know, over the last five years, there's been a lot of talk about how vaunted this Dallas offense is. But, in fact, I think there's a lot of concern beyond Sagan and Radulov in terms of, 
you know, in terms of how good they actually are. But I think, yeah, that, I, yeah go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say one guy on Dallas, uh, I'm very intrigued to see how he does is Miro Heiskanen. Yeah. He has that X Factor ability as well. So, I mean, these. These guys like Rupa Hintz and uh, of course their big three and Zuccarello and and Heisken and they really need to bring it and uh, Ben Bishop. Um, it's been remarkable he, this year. Yeah, if he outplays Rene, then I could see Dallas kind of eking this one out here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Stars on this one. You know what? Uh, I always want to. I always think in the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's at least one upset in the first round. Uh, there's got to be. Yeah, so I, I would say, I, you know, I was actually thinking Dallas would win the series as well. And whether this will mark a transitional summer for the National Predators, because they've sort of been touted for the last three years um, as sort of being Stanley Cup contenders. But, you know, you sort of see, is this, have they now finally peaked? You know, they, they sort of tried to make deals for Brian Boyle and Wayne Simmons at the deadline um, and Michael Granlund. But sort of all of those deals have been, you know, have they been they haven't really been home runs you know it's sort of just yeah they haven't and they haven't really like uh really added much like it's good in concept but um yeah so yeah, just a guy be... like pk suban it's interesting we're not talking about him you'd think you know he'd be an x-factor type thing and uh yeah so but they're he's... gonna need all these guys to step up uh suban's been hurt and there's no doubt that his offensive numbers have completely crashed this year and uh, I think his minutes are down. He's uh, he's not been good, very good on the power play as well. Um, he's still on the second pairing. Um, do kind of wonder along if the Predators do fall out here, whether Subban is a guy that they may consider moving. There's been sort of whispers around that before, but uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, so then another uh, series going on in the Central is the Winnipeg Jets versus the St. Louis Blues. So. I think there's kind of different teams in terms of their path to getting to the playoff to, to the playoffs and Winnipeg Jets have been uh contenders for, you know, at least a couple of years now and they kinda of loaded up again with getting Kevin Hayes, the, the kind of the elusive second line center. They kind of get a deadline deal for that role every year. Stastny last year and you know, to, I'll be honest, I haven't really paid attention to see how the Hayes move has panned out. Oh, but, he's been really good, yeah. Yeah, so the Jets um, have tons of offense and great defensemen with a Josh Morrissey on the back end, and um, and and they got Truba and they got Bufflin, um, and they got a up front we know like uh, with Wheeler and Shifley and Line is actually on the third line right now, which is kind of interesting. Um, Ehlers, I feel like has been a, had a disappointing year. Line is had a disappointing year. Kyle Connor has had a pretty good year, but it it just seemed to have underperformed. But if somehow these guys can just wake up and kind of show what we thought they would do all year, and if they've been saving it, then they can be a force to be reckoned with here. Yeah, I agree. They're you know I've I've uh, so the closest I've watched the Winnipeg Jets this year has been against the Canadians, and uh, both games Canadians just sort of ran their show, which is a little bit surprising you know, um, because he sort of would have expected the Jets being a Stanley Cup contender that they'd be able to sort of bully the Montreal Canadiens around, but it wasn't the case. And certainly I was watching the Winnipeg Jets uh, sort of around that time where they played the Canadiens a couple of weeks ago, and they had multiple losses. And uh, it just seems like they're, you know, they sort of lost control of the division lead as well. So this is a t- this is going to be a tough series, I think, for them because the Blues have been trending up. Whereas the Jets have actually been trending down. And I think you're right. Like the, the team has a lot of potential, but it just seems like this year, a lot of the guys have sort of underperformed. And I think, um, you know, I've sort of been reading the analytics as well about uh, Shifley and, uh, and Wheeler. And uh, there's been some concerning traits in their game um, as well from that perspective, um, which would be yeah. a shame, right? Because they've got, they've got a roster that you think would be uh, amongst the Stanley Cup contenders, but certainly the second half of the season, they haven't played that way. Like you would have expected the Jets to be like the Tampa of the West. That's how good their roster is, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they could have run, run away with it. So definitely they've kind of uh, stumbled into the playoffs from expectations. And 
it is a weight of expectations being in a Canadian city. Uh, but St. Louis, on the other hand, you know, they were dead last, I thought, in the NHL early in January. And then they just turned around on the heels of uh, Jordan Bennington, a rookie, yeah. going 25-4. and four. And it's not out of nowhere. You know, he had a great a- he had a great AHL season last year, and he's playing well in the AHL this year. And Bennington has been 25-4, and four, absolutely red hot. He's totally turned around the St. Louis Blues season. So I think, you know, that bodes well for this roster. Um, and then they have actually pretty good depth, you know. They have some good talent. Um, they got a Schwartz, a Tarasenko, Shen, O'Reilly, Perron, you know, kind of brings that uh, – you know, experience from Vegas last year. Um, their third line, pretty solid. Bozak and Robert Thomas is, in, is a good prospect. And Pat Maroon. And then have Ivan Barbashev, who's a player I've always liked. And uh, Alex Dean is, you know, maybe not as kind of a fall from grace a bit for him. But having him on the fourth line is not bad. They have Petra Angelos, a top pair defenseman. And Vince Dunn has had a surprisingly good uh, offensive season in the double digits and goals and Colton Pareko. So I think Dallas, uh, sorry, St. Louis has a lot of uh, depth up and down its lineup. And, you know, last year, I think their team was a bit disappointed when they traded Stastny and they could have gone for it. But, um, but yeah, they've come back with a bit more youth. I don't know if a guy like Jordan Cairo will see that yeah. on the ice, but... Well, what's happened um, but to, St. Louis um, is, is not to be taken lightly. This is a bad matchup for Winnipeg. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, since um, January, St. Louis has been one of the hottest teams. Um, so they made that coaching change where Mike Yo was fired and they got brought in Craig Brube and sort of changed the team in addition to Jordan Bennington sort of playing lights out um, as well. But yeah, I mean, St. Louis at the start of the year was sort of considered a cup contender potentially because of how much depth they had. And sort of took a back seat because they started off so poorly, but you're starting to see it right now. Um, this is going to be a really tight series, I think, because there's so much quality on both sides. And honestly, I think it's a bit of a coin flip because, you know, on current form, you'd certainly take St. Louis on uh, just sort of depth and rosters. It's a little bit of a coin flip. I mean, Bennington, we'll sort of see how he performs in the playoffs. He's never done it before. And playoffs are often a different beast altogether, especially in a in a building like in Winnipeg, which is a bit of a band box. Uh, it's a bit of a hostile environment. So we'll sort of see how that uh, plays out. Uh, I've seen a lot of pundits actually have St. Louis as uh, the champions of the Western Conference. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty high praise for this team. So, you know what, I, it's hard for me to pick one team, but I'm going to just take the Jets just because I think their quality eventually is going to uh, show here. And I'm not sure whether a rookie goaltender, I mean, who knows? He's never played in the playoffs before. And I think just playing in that, um, you know, in sort of the, the hostility of the MTS center, just won't. Yeah, I think the thing with me, um, so here's my take is that, you know, you don't want to be playing a team that's really hot going into the playoffs, especially the second. And Bennington, yeah, it's true he's a rookie and he kind of came out of the scene, but, you know, he's, he's going to be fresh. Um, and they, they do have Jake Allen, I guess, to fall back on. I mean, the thing is with Bennington, sure, he's a rookie, but he's actually a bit older. Um, you know, a lot of goalies are older when they come into the league, but he's 25. So he's, yeah. he has some experience. He played for Team Canada at the World Juniors. So I'm going to go off the board here. Off and the I'm board. Gonna pick wow. the St. Louis Blues. Because I think Winnipeg, it's kind of one of those teams where every team that kind of is a, becomes a contender and then it's going to be an actual, actual threat, is going to win the Cup one day, has to have some of those epic failures. And even Tampa, you know, they last year I thought Tampa would win for sure, but they didn't, you know, even get to the finals. So I think this is going to be kind of a smack in your face to the Jets. Um, and, you know, I do agree on paper they're really good, but you look at the season that Lionel's had and the season that Ehlers has had, they've underperformed on yeah. paper based on this season. Are they as good as we really think they are? I mean, they didn't perform at it. I like it. Yeah, I think. Why do we think they have an on-off switch right now? They don't have that experience. So, I think they're great players, but they're still really young. 
and this is going to be like a learning experience they're going to need. And Line is going to have to put down the video game console in the summer <laughs> and start working on his game because he can't take it, uh, this game for granted. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I you're right. I mean, I, I honestly think this is a bit of a coin flip. I, uh, I, I'd be, I feel a bit sad for Winnipeg because I think they've sort of built a great team. They uh, gave up a first round pick, I think, for Kevin Hayes, right? So, uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit disappointing if they don't get out of the first round. Um, I think one of the other things is Josh Morrissey um, sort of missed a lot of time. Dustin Bufflin missed a lot of time. I think they're both going to be healthy, um, or at least presumed to be healthy going into the first round. So that could be a bit of a change as well. Yeah, so I'm going to go with St. Louis in that one. You got the Jets. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, moving to the Pacific, uh, we're on the West Coast, the best coast, the Pacific here. And uh, so, yeah, we got the, the San Jose Sharks versus the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, I mentioned this is one of the series that I'm going to be paying attention to because there's just a lot of talent on both sides. And I've been very intrigued with uh, San Jose since, uh, the, you know, the beginning of the season, one of our first podcasts, we talked about the Eric Carlson trade and, you know, I'm a fan of his, and they have Brent Burns. I mean, I don't think Carlson has really sort of fit in and flourished to the level that we expected from him yeah. in well, his remember, Ottawa days. I remember, you, I remember we talked about how Sharks would have one of the best power plays of all time. Remember that? Like how they'd sort of like... Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of uh, hyperbole being... Uh, it, it's funny how that and... works out, you know? Like, like Brett, Burns, Brett Burns is on a... Incredible offensive season. He's yeah. But, he's uh, what I was going to say. It didn't hinder Burns in any way. But. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Carlson's been out a little bit, and uh, it's just kind of funny how that works, you know? Like how t- there you try to build a super team, but in the end, the, t- the points just balance out. You know? Yeah, uh, exactly. It's not the so, first time that that's happened. So yeah, looking at this matchup, so the the Sharks, you know, they have the defense and Vlasic and. Dylan Carlson Burns, so you know, pretty top heavy uh, defense. I don't know how much they're going to play Joachim Ryan and Justin Braun on the third third pair, but they got the horses back there, and I like their uh, their top three lines. I mean, when you have Joe Thornton, even though he's Um, but yeah, like they have a lot of high-end talent. I don't know if their bottom pair and their fourth line uh, is something that they're going to be able to rely on. But on the other hand, uh, looking at Vegas, they have quite a bit of depth, and they just play to, play a style where they play together, and they're tough to have. With the with the Bruins, where Debrusque and whatnot are uh, kind of darting in and out. Vegas, I feel, is very very similar, that they're very quick on pucks. Um, they kind of know who they are. Uh, Theodore and Schmidt on the back end and uh, Fleury and Nett. So, yeah, how do you kind of see this matchup lining up? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun series because there's so much talent on both sides. Um, you know, I think the one thing that I just can't look past is uh, just Martin
worn off. You know what I mean? Like I think uh, Marcheseau and Carlson haven't had as good years. Um, you know, uh, that's that's going to be. They're not the same team. I don't think as last year. They probably don't play as. They're not surprising teams as much as last year. Um, I still think their defense isn't that great either. Like they've sort of all performed. Uh, Probably overperformed a little bit, but Braden McNabb and Shea Theodore is that still number one pairing? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. Theodore, Schmidt, yeah. and England, and then Holden and Miller. So, yeah, so I think Theodore, bit... Schmidt, and Miller are probably their three guys. So they kind of spread them out. But I agree, there's some weakness there. In yeah. Their so I, I think they're probably a deeper team uh, than they were last year, but they just didn't have the same uh, offensive heights that they did last year like William Carlson 40 goals last year he only managed to get 24 this year so it's a bit of a drop off same thing with Murchison like he had a good season but didn't hit the heights uh, didn't hit the heights of last season um, but you know what I still will take Vegas and partly because when Vegas has Marc-Andre Fleury uh, and Fleury's proven over the years that he's a playoff goaltender um, he's he sort of has that experience and he, he sort of has the right attitude I think to play in the playoffs take uh, Vegas in this series. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, disagree with you. I'm going to take San Jose in this one. And uh, I think they have those game breakers and Couture and Pavelski, the leaders. And Carlson is a guy that I I think he is so talented that he could turn the on-off switch. Um, And then, again, like Gordon being on your third line. And then you look at Vegas, I agree. Their defense is weak. And then, you know, we have uh, Mr. Max Patio ready you know, as well. Are we sure he's going to show up? Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean... I mean, the, the Vegas defense on paper has looked weak, like, forever, right? Since last year, it's looked weak. But I think they perform really well as a unit, right? And I think the way that Vegas forechecks, they're just a very aggressive team. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like... Uh, and, and that's the thing with the Vegas defense. Like, it may not have, like, an Eric Carlson or Brad Burns, but... As a six-man unit, it's like a very good NHL unit, right? Yeah, and, uh, and I think so... I agree that Flurry kind of has an edge over Jones, especially this year. Um, but I just think that uh, Carlson is going to wake up, and uh, with Timo Meyer and Evander Kane playing a power forward game, and both crowds are going to be very interesting. And I don't, I don't yeah, and Gustav Nyquist as well. Yeah, Gustav Nyquist is sort of. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, hasn't been a game breaker sort of as predicted, but well, maybe not predicted, but sort of as hoped. Uh, you know, I think that was a pretty sneaky acquisition. To be honest, like I, I say Vegas, but this is going to be also another example of how hard it is to win in the NHL. You can build a completely, you can build a really good team, but then be balanced in the first round. Um, and that sort of shows that the NHL is a hard league to win in. You need a little bit of luck, and you need the luck of some matchups as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, that'll be an interesting series. So the last series to discuss um, on the pod today is the Calgary Flames versus the Colorado Avalanche. So I'm a known Calgary Flames hater. I'm very proud of being a Calgary Flames hater. So I'm going to have to be rooting for the Colorado Avalanche in this one, uh, despite them being the underdogs, but I'm hoping that my boy Nate McKinnon can unstoppable, uh, unstoppable force. And I think uh, the Calgary Flames defense can be dominated by a guy like McKinnon, and their goaltending is abysmal. Uh, very suspect. So I think that uh, I think Colorado's going to have uh, Kale McCarr join uh, from the NCAA during the, the the round, and he's going to make an impact. And they're going to oh, put wow. him in there because um, they need him. They need him to put an impact. They got a Zdorov, Eric Johnson, Tyson Berry, a lot of right-shot defensemen, actually. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Calgary, of course, they have the, the top six up front, and they've had a really good bottom six. Uh, they've been kind of quiet, you know, in the – going to last couple of games with it cause, just because they locked up the top spot in the West. Um, but I really think their goaltending like, is very questionable. Like, do we know who's starting game one? Is it Smith? Yeah, I'm not sure whether it's Smith or Riddich. Like, Riddich probably had a better season 
but Smith's got playoff experience. They're paying him the big dollars. Uh, I'm actually not sure who's starting game one. And game one is going to be on Thursday night. So, uh, yeah, it'll probably come out tomorrow. That's going to be kind of interesting. I just think Calgary is a really deep team. Like, you've got James Neal, who hasn't really produced all year. It's been a little bit better lately. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got him on the third line. He's played in the playoffs. Uh He's gone what to back-to-back finals, right, with Vegas and then what Nashville the year before. Yeah, I guess he's a lucky charm. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so I think he's he's like a he's a bit of a playoff player. Um, I think the Flames are just really deep at all positions except for goal, of course. Like on defense, they've got uh, four legitimate NHL defensemen, right? And I don't think uh, Colorado comes anywhere near that, no matter how good Cal McCarr turns. But if your goalie sucks, um, how, what, what good is your defenseman? Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, that's the Achilles heel of the, of the Flames. There's no doubt. But I think they're just such a good, they're a decent four-line team. And uh, they've got such a, such a quality defense. Um, that's the other interesting thing that I, I sort of like about playoff hockey is that sometimes the benches do shorten. And sometimes the, uh, the horses really do play on defense. Uh, teams sometimes go away from playing their bottom pairs. And I think that Flames, they're going to have the puck the entire time, I would think. Yeah, and, so you know, are, are you not excited? Yeah, are you not excited to see Matt Kachuk in the, in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit of a closet uh, Matthew Kachuk fan, and I think he's it's going to be very interesting to see him uh, perform in the playoffs. And, you know, his game is, is ready-made for playoff hockey, and he's going to be agitating and, you know, I think he's uh, underrated for his uh, offensive game. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, the Flames, their third line, Sam Benefit, Bennett, Jankowski, and Neal is pretty solid. And I've heard that the uh, analytics nerds are a big fan of the fourth line, uh, the Mangiapane, Derek Ryan, and Garnet Hathaway. So, and we know the top line's loaded as well. So, yeah, I think uh, it'll be – I'll be definitely watching Kachuk. Um but on paper, they definitely have it. But I'm hoping that their goaltending kind of falters for them. And then the top <laughs> line of uh, Colorado can just run rough shot over so uh, your, Giordano's old legs. Yeah. What's, what's, what, so what, you're saying Colorado's going to win the series? Um, I, I'm going to have to pick Colorado because uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to have it any other way. But I can recognize that, um, you know, uh, maybe that's not the, the obvious choice. I mean, look at Colorado. they got Derek Broussard they've added as a third-line center. He's uh, had some playoff pedigree. You never know if he could turn around. Yeah, I think that he's been a bit of a disappointment over the last few years, right? Like, Hasn't he been? Like, he has been, absolutely. But JT Comper yeah. is a player. He can kind of come on, so... Um, yeah, Sven Andragetto is gonna my boy Sven. He's a you know much uh, heralded Montreal Canadiens. He could prospect. do a lot, and then Sam Gerrard I didn't even mention, and then uh, the goaltending yeah. is gonna be big. I mean, Grubauer has that experience with Washington, um, and they have Varlamov as well, so they could kind of give each goalie a shot if you know things aren't going well, and if one of them, each of them has been known to go on heaters in the past, so. I yeah, think well, I think for sure. So, so yeah, so I think what you sort of highlight, like, I think if there's, like, is there? So, I think Calgary is going to win this series, but you know, I think what you highlight is actually an interesting point. Like, you know, you think Colorado could give Calgary a run, and it sort of reiterates the point that like, like every team that's qualified for the playoffs is quality, and I think Colorado versus Calgary is probably one of the biggest mismatches probably in the first round. Would you not agree in terms of, um, you know, in terms of, you know, in terms of disparity between the, the two teams? Yeah, I think on paper, I agree with you. Um, yeah, but uh, as you said, like in ho- the beautiful thing about the Stanley Cup playoffs is underdogs uh, kind of are born every uh, spring and it's quite common for upsets to occur. Um, and it'd actually be surprising if all the favorites won, like it, it does happen in basketball. So I think this is definitely one of those times. You know, Calgary's, you know, as much as I'm hating on them, I mean, they're, they are unproven. You know, Gaudreau and Monaghan have had a great year. Elias Lindholm on the top line, but 
have they had playoff success yet in their careers? No. So, I mean, I'm uh, very much a proponent of, you know, until proven otherwise, like, you know, they can't do it. So, um, yeah, definitely I think Colorado has a shot in this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take uh, the Flames. Uh, I think so you'll take really the Flames. Team. Okay, but I yeah. know you're a closet Flames fan. And well, you're rooting they, for them this playoffs. That's your team, more, as you say. Well, not my team, no. But I think it's more interesting when, you know, as much as, as fans of Canadian teams and then both of us live in Canada, uh, you know, there's always been that line like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of a Canadian team, but I'll cheer for a Canadian team in the playoffs. I think that's a little bit, uh, I think that's a stupid thing to say. But what I will agree, though, is the playoffs are much more interesting Canadian teams in the playoffs you know the networks care more um, you know you sort of see like the fans we all have friends living in each of these cities uh, you sort of see that it actually does mean a lot more when Canadian teams are playing so you know my fear is that the first round is exciting but if it sort of gets to a series where it's Tampa Bay against you know uh, San Jose in the Stanley Cup final I mean it's going to be good hockey a hockey fan is going to watch it but it's not going to captivate Canadian audiences, I don't think. As much as like seeing Calgary Flames versus or Winnipeg Jets versus uh, the Leafs, for instance, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that there's going to be more coverage, and you know, Sports Center will actually decide to you know run their own broadcast instead of running the American feed if, if the yeah. teams are still involved, which I think is kind of ludicrous because CB, lowly CBC back in the day could produce all these games for all these series, but I guess. Rogers doesn't have the money to do it somehow. Well, you know, you know what I kind of hope for is that uh, if there are American cities or American series that they give a CNBC feed and it's uh, Gord Miller, Ray Ferraro, or Chris. Comfort, I agree. Give us uh, the TSN guys. guys, absolutely. Yeah, because be, those uh, guys are calling the games. Those guys are actually calling the. Uh, I saw Gord Miller tweet the other day. He's actually calling the Winnipeg series, and I think the Toronto series as well for uh, NBC. So those are telecasts we won't be able to get access to on Rogers, uh, but uh, that would be, yeah, a lot better having those guys call the games. Yeah. So JD, uh, who's your pick then for the Stanley Cup? Um, the so I'm actually the, the pick. Yeah, I, I think so. My final, I think, is going to be Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Calgary Flames. Wow. And I think it's going to go seven games. Yeah, and I think it's going to be Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup on home ice, uh, just like they did in 2004. I think, like, both of those teams um, are definitely the deepest teams in their conference. Um, it's not going to be easy for either team because, like we said, I think every team that's in the playoffs is, uh, it's got good balance and they've got sort of that ability to, to create a little bit of chaos. But I think the quality for both teams, having four lines that can play, having defenses that are, you know, quite deep. Um, I'm going to say Calgary, Tampa in the final, and I'm going to take Tampa Bay to win the Stanley Cup. Okay, so uh, I'm going to have a bit of an out, here, out there pick here. I'm going to pick the Washington Capitals to back-to-back repeat champions wow. uh, over the St. Louis Blues in the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, the young players and the, the hot streak for the St. Louis Blues are going to get to the finals, but the Capitals just have that swagger right now, and they're going to repeat. So uh starts tomorrow, uh, April 10th. Well, I guess actually it's today. <laughs> we're talking late. Uh, yeah, we're and, late. Um, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting, and we'll definitely be checking in as the playoffs go on to kind of talk about the legends that will be born. Looking forward to it, man. And we'll have to do some more pods uh, as the series we're on. Okay, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks for joining. Take care. All right. See ya.